0: Welcome back to the second episode of Ricky and Ashley's Rolling Entertainment, aka Rare Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ricky, and today we'll be talking about a gaming genre. There are so many games to talk about individually, so sometimes we just need to lump them all together. Today's genre is worker placement. We'll talk about the general mechanics of worker placements and list some games in this category and what makes each of them a little bit different. Well, enough of the details. Let's roll the dice and get this episode started.
1: I enjoy that so
0: much. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. I'm so glad Welcome you're Welcome back to us. an episode of Prayer. <laughs> we're, today we're going to talk about worker placements. Blah 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 blah. Let's get into the episode.
1: <laughs> you're not going to let them
0: know what worker placements are now? I am. I was just running over the intro real fast. Like, <laughs> just been
1: like, and that happened. <laughs>
0: That's a thing. (laughs) Worker placements are a mechanic where players have a number of available tokens usually referred to as workers and take turns assigning workers to different action spaces. Depending on the game, actions may resolve immediately or only once the worker is removed from the board.
1: Really good stuff there.
0: Yeah. Good stuff. Stuffy stuff. Stuffy stuff.
1: Worker placements are a lot of fun. It generally involves, um, well, not always. There are some games where you don't block your opponent and they can't block you, but has, a lot of worker placements have that involved in them.
0: Yes. So, basically, going into that definition a little bit further, typically, you have x amount of tokens at the beginning of a game you may or may not be able to get more worker workers throughout the game depending on which type of game you're playing um and then the spaces you can either put your workers on the space and you immediately get the thing and you take turns putting workers down
2: mm-hmm.
0: or you put all your workers down then the next person goes and puts all their workers down, and then once everybody gets their workers in place, then you can get the actions that you put your workers on. So each one plays a little bit different, and just because you've played one does not mean you've played them all, because they are all different.
1: They are all different. They're all super special snowflakes, and you should play all of them.
2: All
1: of, them. all of them. I mean the the themes that I have definitely kind of go all over the board. So if this one doesn't interest you, maybe this one will. And they all play very differently. Even though they mm-hmm. all have little you know pieces that you do actions with and you place your workers, they're all vastly different outside of that. Right? Right. I'm gonna talk about a game that I played for just a couple minutes, and All right. it it was just it was so pretty. It's uh it's called Parks, plays one to five players, not a long play time. It plays for um, half hour to about an hour or so. Published by Keymaster Games, designed by Henry Audubon. Uh, what makes this game i think particularly special is more than 35 artists worked on the art um on the cards and the artists are part of a group called 59 parks and Mm -hmm. the the goal of the game is you are hiking through a park over a year during each season so there's kind of like four sections to it like spring summer fall winter and then after that the game's over um but you're collecting you're collecting items to then buy art at the end of the game the art at the end of the game is then points for you um, but the the art is absolutely gorgeous i only played for like 15 minutes or so as a demo but um really gorgeous game for a worker placement game, it's. It was kind of a more calming kind of game. If you played Takedo, it's a little bit similar to that, where you're just getting the scenery as you go by. It's not a super aggressive game. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. It's gorgeous artwork. The artist worked crazy hard on it. Um, they, um,. The artist had to be so detailed that if somebody were to go to the park and take a picture of what they had done art of, it had to look exactly like it. When we were demoing the games, the guy who was teaching it to us was telling us about um, one of the artists had done a mountain from a park and they had they got it sent back because the mountain was like a little bit too straight. And if somebody were to take a picture of that mountain, it would be a little bit more angled. So you had to go back and redo the art on it because it wouldn't look exactly like if you went there and took a picture. So the art is very exact on the location. So if you look at the art, I mean, outside of the animals, you might not get the animals in the pictures. Like some of the pictures have like wolves or bears or bisons in them. Um, mm-hmm. But outside of that, the scenery is something that you would see in a park. And the animals would probably be there too, but they might not be there for your picture. But So the art is gorgeous. Check out the game for the art alone, but it is a really solid gameplay from what I did get to play. And if you've played Takaido, it is kind of a similar style in that you're doing it for the the scenery, sort of. And you're not, you know, you know. if you've played Takedo, you're doing it for the adventure of it <laughs> but that's parks
0: Woo! did you want to run through the six top six
1: oh my gosh i forgot about the
0: top six
1: <laughs> i was gonna talk about the top six games according to board game geek <laughs> uh see we've got viticulture essential edition have not played that one
0: nope
1: nope uh, caverna, The Cave Farmers.
0: Um, so that one, I think there's a regular edition, and then there's like a two-player only edition. And I've played the two-player only edition. It's I.
1: It's Ricky's uh, ringing endorsement there for the two-player Caverna. <laughs>
0: it's aight.
1: <laughs> uh, and then we have Zulkin, The Mayan Calendar. So, if you're into Mayans...
0: Yeah, I haven't heard that one.
1: um, And then A Feast for Odin.
0: Highly recommended. Never played it, but I've been told to play it multiple times. And nothing but good things. Yeah, I see
1: it recommended a lot. I haven't played that one either, actually. I haven't played any of these top six. So, at least you played one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we have Agricola.
0: Also, I've heard that one.
1: I've heard that one, I think.
0: That one's a little bit of the older art style. Kind of like your Catan and Carcassonne and Stone Age, but it's still popular. Mm -hmm.
1: It's one that I think everybody should probably have a look at, even though I haven't. I'm saying that and I haven't done it.
0: (laughs) No, me neither. Um, We have not played the top six games. (laughs) Board Game Geek is what we're saying. Uh,
1: And then we have Everdell. That looks yeah, fantasy and foresty. I haven't played that one. I
0: mean, nope. So you're I don't not even here know for if I've heard that one.
1: You're you're not here for the top six, right? You're you're here to hear our games, right?
0: Yeah. Here's <laughs> what we recommend to you. Not the top six, except for maybe Feast for Odin and agri Whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're kind of going <laughs> off the recommendation of other people. On those, though, so... Eh. Yeah, anyways.
0: Who cares about those (laughs) games? Here's the games you really should play.
1: (laughs) Ricky, what do you suggest?
0: Well, my... One of my favorite worker placement games is D&D Lords of Waterdeep. So it takes place in the D&D universe. I'm sure if anybody's played D&D, they've probably heard of Lords of Waterdeep. It's pretty yeah. well known.
1: Oh, yeah, I've heard. It's, I've heard of it. Haven't played it. I've heard of it.
0: Well, I mean, I think it's even like in like the actual like D and D. Like, there's a Lords of Waterdeep like campaign, like universe. Thing. Oh
1: yeah, I think I think I've maybe seen a a book on it.
0: Is yeah. it is so it one of those? It takes place in that universe. Yeah, the D and D universe. It's uh, two to five players. It's sixty to one hundred and twenty minutes. It's published by Wizards of the Coast, of course. Designers are Peter Lee and Rodney Thompson. Now, there is a physical version and a digital version. I have only played the digital version. If you play the digital version, the time frame of 60 to 120 is going to be cut down a lot because of the computer players playing a lot faster and the uh, game doing like a lot of like the card shuffling and the setting up and everything you don't mm-hmm. have to deal with all the mm-hmm. pieces so it does get cut down quite a bit on the digital version which is the only version i have played so for lords of Waterdeep, uh basically you have i think you start off with f- four f- four workers mm-hmm. and uh you place them on the board to get uh different little colored cubes so you have white orange black and purple which is cleric, fighter, rogue, and wizard, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, to And you collect those guys, and you can get quests, and there's intrigue cards. So basically you use the cubes and some money mm-hmm. to complete quests. The quests give you points, and sometimes they give you like a little bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, you also get a secret identity card, which is one of the Lords of Waterdeep, and they have different... Um, objectives on them so there's different types of cards so there's like commerce skullduggery piety um and a couple other ones mm-hmm. can't remember mm-hmm. right now <laughs> but like the lords will be like get extra points for uh every commerce and piety you complete or mm-hmm. get um extra points for every skullduggery and arcane that you get mm-hmm Uh, completed quests. uh, And then there's even some where you get extra points for every building you build, because that is one of the actions you can do with your workers. And it is one of the ones, like, once you get to I think, like, the fifth round, you get another player or another worker, Mm -hmm. so you can do an extra action each turn. That's always nice. Yeah, so that's Lords of Waterdeep. I I play it often, so I do recommend that game.
1: Sounds like a a good one. A good... I guess the 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 physical one would probably be a lot more chunky than the digital one. So,
0: yeah. Like, yeah, you know. all worker placements are pretty big and chunky.
1: Yeah, they they tend to have a lot kind of built into them.
0: Yeah, I there's a lot can... of iconography that you mm-hmm. have to learn with worker placements. Mm-hmm. That is one of the telltales of worker placements. <laughs> Like all the icons on the board, mm-hmm. but once you've played it, even once you usually can pick up, yeah, what the symbols mean pretty quickly, so
1: um, the game that I'm going to talk about is uh, it's another big i p if you like uh Sherlock Holmes, uh, you might like Holmes, Sherlock, and Mycroft. It is a specifically two player game. A little bit shorter, roughly half an hour kind of gameplay. I played it at it Kango pretty quick, um, but you are respectively Sherlock and Mycroft. You are the brothers um, trying to be the first one to solve the case. <laughs> uh, it's published by Devire Games and designed by Diego Ibanez. The goal of the game is to solve the case. You go through each day interrogating people, and by interrogating them, you put your little token on them to be like, I'm going to go talk to this person today. Um, If both the players go and talk to the same person, that person um, kind of goes into hiding because they've been seen talking to too many people, basically. Um, So you have to wait an additional day to talk to them again if you want to do their action again, because each player or each character has different actions that you can do. Um, but the point of the game is to get clues. The clues come in different sets. The more sets you get, the more points you get at the end of the game. And that's how you win the game. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's it's really kind of quick, kind of clever. I wouldn't necessarily think it would have... Obviously it does have the worker placement. That is the running engine of the game so to say Mm -hmm. but um as far as a worker placement game go it is pretty light um, and it is only a two-player game so you're only going against one other player and that has its you know pros and cons for being a Mm two-player game but it's a really you know it's a good kind of couple game and i like it it's
0: Honestly, I kind of forgot about that game, but we do we. I have played that game, and we do have it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's it can get left behind a little bit because it is only a two player. So yeah, yeah. but it's, but
0: uh. So the fun thing about that game is we tried it. I think at Origins, I think it was Origins. Mm-hmm. Um, and it usually comes with orange and blue meeples, mm-hmm. which are little wooden shaped people for people who don't know what meeples are um but like a couple tables over they were selling like they were kind of custom meeples mm-hmm. but like there was a bunch of them like they had like a whole bin of like clown meeples and a whole bin of you know random meeples and we actually got like agent and sherlock holmes little meeples mm-hmm. and put those in the game instead oh, that's cute
1: that's really yeah. cute it's always fun to find more specific meeples for the game you're playing
0: yeah. or if it comes with people
1: specifics. are cute <laughs> they are cute <laughs> uh well i have another game to talk about this one is oh wait no it's your turn ricky I'm jumping the gun oh, oh my gosh I am jumping the gun I'm so excited just
0: taking my turn <laughs> Let's see uh, another game I do like to play is called Rajas of the Ganges Ooh. And if I mispronounce that I'm so sorry
1: <laughs> uh, I'm um, gonna give a guess it's uh oh I'm gonna no I'm not gonna guess never mind go on <laughs> I've okay. <never> played it.
0: <laughs> it does have an India theme. Yeah. Uh, the first player token is somebody riding the, a little elephant. And it's like a little 3D foam, like cardboard foam mix. Uh, okay. Little yeah. thing where you piece it together and mm-hmm. it like stands up. Um. It is two to four players, and it takes 45 to 75 minutes. The publisher is Hutch. With an exclamation point at the end. Gotta toss that exclamation point. The designers are Inca Brand and Marcus Brand. Hmm. Um, in that one, it is a mixture of worker placement and tile placement. Um, there's, like, a river and, like, a little store. Um, in that one, the workers are actually dice. No. Just kidding. You use (laughs) dice. To pay for things. It's mm-hmm. more of currency.
1: Okay. Okay, I gotcha. I gotcha.
0: Yeah, so, you, like, you, you place your workers to get dice, and then mm-hmm. you roll the dice, and then the dice, you, between the workers and the dice helps you buy things. Mm-hmm. I getcha, I getcha. Yeah. Um, so, in that one, um, you can place workers to get dice, you can place workers to get, um, like, honor points and mm-hmm. uh, money. And then there's also some spaces where you um, can buy tiles, and then you place the tiles on a little board, and you make paths, and the paths can give you more bonuses. Mm-hmm. So if you like connect a path to a certain icon, then you'll get that icon. Mm-hmm. And um, that one is one where the game ends when like because you have a currency and you have like an honor on two separate sides of the board, mm-hmm. and when they cross over each other is it uh initiates the final round okay so that one it can go a little long because you're constantly using your money to buy things so your currency keeps going like up and down and up and down so okay those kinds
1: of games are fun where you can use your workers to do stuff that gets you more stuff to do it's Mm -hmm. like a chain reaction sort of thing
0: it it is one of those ones where it can look very intimidating because there's so much on the board mm-hmm. and then you also have like the tiles to worry about. But once you understand like the icons and what you're looking at, mm-hmm. it's not so bad. It but there is a quite a bit of strategy mm-hmm. going on in that one. I gotcha. Yeah.
1: So now I will talk about my game. Yeah. <laughs> go I'm for just it. Really excited to talk about it. Do um, it it's a library themed game it's called x libris it's e-x l-i-b-r-i-s in case you want to know how to spell it um it's one to four players it runs uh, a little less than an hour i would say uh, published by renegade really good publisher Um, and designed by Adam P. McIver. Ooh, McIver. (laughs) McIver. Oh. (laughs) Not MacGyver.
0: (laughs) Dang, I was so excited for
1: MacGyver-based game. But, um, it's, it's really cute. So, you're trying to be the main library in the small little town that really loves libraries. Um... In the one-player version, you're going against the local public library. Um, Mm -hmm. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to get a... So there is a focus on one specific type of book that the town itself really likes. Mm -hmm. Then there is a specific type of book that is banned in the town. And that will give you negative points. And then you have a personal type of book that you'll want on your shelf so um there can seem to be a lot going on but once you learn what's going on it is crazy simple there are location tiles that get put out um, and then discarded so you you one location will carry from round to round but otherwise the rest of the locations are gone for every round So, um, and you don't really get a choice in what stays. It's the lowest numbered location tile will stay for the next round. So if you have location tiles, um, four, five, and six, location Mm -hmm. four will stay. Even if you don't care about location four, that one's going to stay for the next round. Um but the the game continues until one player has 14 shelves because the way the cards look you really have to pay attention to the cards in the game because they do have books on the card um and each card has roughly like two to four books and they all have really funny titles or they can be like (laughs) a pun because it is kind of like a fantasy kind of world that um you're building the library in so like one of the titles of the books is gorgon with the wind and i was just (laughs) giggling about that the whole night we played. i was like gorgon with the wind (laughs) i appreciate it yeah so you really you really want to look at the the actual books on the card but you don't actually have to if you're not into that sort of thing but you are actually organizing books on the shelf so every book is alphabetized and then all the books are then numbered so there are for example eight g cards and so Mm -hmm. there will be a g card one out of eight and so on and so forth and on your shelves you want to make sure they're stable and you want to make sure they're in alphabetical order and in that alphabetical order you want them to be in numerical order as well I love it. Yeah, so it's if you like a little bit of organizing, it is great at doing that sort of thing because you are organizing as you're playing. Um, and, um, the, and the worker placement comes into effect because you put your little workers down on the location tiles that you want that effect of. And that's how you actually lay your shelves down is based on the locations that your workers go to. Hmm. Neat. So, if you're really into organizing when you're playing a game or just yeah. that little bit, it is It is seriously... It is It is delightful and you want to make sure your shelf is stable and square. And you get more points, more square and stable it is. And it's, it's a neat little game. And the one player, I thought... I did test the one player on it because I'm not normally a fan of one-player games, but I thought it was... It was actually really fun, and it was kind of nerve-wracking because in the single-player format, you discard a card every turn, and the discarded Mm -hmm. card pile is actually the public library pile. So you want to be wary about what card you're discarding because pretty much every round you are discarding cards too. So... (laughs) But there's Hmm. a bunch of different levels to play, and there are quite a few different characters to play and they all have different abilities um and the meeples for because it does run with meeples the meeples for the different libraries like the the main librarian are themed to fit it so like one of the librarians is uh, an ooze so his little meeple is actually a little green cube Oh, he's like a little clear green cube. Um, And then there's like a ghost one. So he's more of like a ghost meeple. And those are the ones that have the special abilities. And then you have your regular, um, they're called the assistants that don't have any abilities. You just do what the location tiles say. But it was a cute game and learning it, it had a little bit of a learning curve. But once you figured it out, it was really solid and you're just making a library you're alphabetizing and putting them in numerical order and it was really it was a really cute game i really enjoyed it
0: yeah it sounds cool i want to try it i'm convinced i want to play
1: it now <laughs> but yeah it, so it was, I... <laughs> it was really cute and there's a dry erase board i mean you can't go wrong with that
0: Woo. see i'm a little weird like i don't alphabetize my books But I alphabetize my movies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How do you you organize your books, then?
0: Currently, they're not really organized. They just, like, anything that's, like, a set is together. Um, I think we have them more organized by genre.
1: Okay. That's not a bad way to go about
0: I have yet to, like, organize them alphabetical in the genre.
1: Mm.
0: We just kind of threw them all on there. (laughs) All of my movies are alphabetized, and... I'll be damned if you go into my art room and this stuff is not colorized. <laughs> On to the next one. On to the next one. See, now, I don't know what I want to talk about next. You know? No, okay. There's just so many good games. Yeah, so many good ones. Um, Let's see. So, the next one I'm going to talk about is interesting because it's... The same, but different. Mm -hmm. And I I haven't played it in a while, and I've only played it, like, one round. Mm -hmm. So, the next one is Charterstone. It is a fantasy medieval legacy
2: Mm.
0: worker placement game. So, basically, what a legacy game is, is as you play, you make changes to the board or the pieces. So the game is really never the same as when you first originally play. Mm-hmm. Like It's constantly changing, and you're constantly, like, learning new rules as you play. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one is two to six players, and it runs 45 to 75 minutes. Um, I want to say that that time frame's probably for, like, playing, like, one section at a time, not, like, overall.
2: Mm-hmm. Um...
0: So basically you pick your person, there's stickers in there, um, there's actually blank spots in the rule books, and as you progress it will tell you to like open up this, or get this sticker out and place it in this spot in the rule book. Mm-hmm. Now you know a new rule. Mm. So you're, you're learning the game, and the game is introducing new rules to you as you play. Um, you put the stickers on the board. They do actually have a recharge pack for it though. Like, say you've you've played it to the point where you've used all the stickers. Mm-hmm. You can play it with all the stickers on there. That's just, like, permanently how it is once you've played it through. Mm-hmm. But, like, let's say you, you maybe stuck a sticker down because you weren't really sure how to play the game yet or what to do with it. You, you're tired of it being there. They do have a recharge pack to where you can start over. Oh, okay. That's, that's pretty nice. Yeah, but, um, so... Each person kind of starts in, like, a certain part of the board, Mm -hmm. and that's where you put your stickers, and then Mm -hmm. your workers go, like, on those. But you can put your workers on, like, somebody else's stickers. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's limited just to your section. That's just where Mm -hmm. you have kind of, like, some control Mm -hmm. about what's going on. Um, Oh, and the publishers are Stonemeyer Games, Uh and the designer is Jamie Stagmeyer. Okay.
1: I think I vaguely heard of it i don't think i realized it was a legacy game though
0: the legacy part of it is a lot different like there's not many worker placements that are legacy Mm -hmm. but it it does make it kind of interesting and then like on the box where you have you hold your cards Mm -hmm. um there's like sections on it and you mark like as you like upgrade and like it kind of like keeps track of where you're at as far as the game, because you can do it in sections.
1: Okay, that that's so nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's actually a really clean, beautifully designed game. Like, it's just, it's one of those like white boxes where it's mostly white with like a little bit of a picture on the front. Oh, so fancy. That's so clean looking. Yeah. That's shiny. <laughs> so that's Charterstone. That, yeah. That's all I can really tell you, because like I said, I've oh, only played like wanna... one section of it. Yeah.
1: And if it's more of like a legacy game, there there can be spoilers in it because you want to you want people to learn it for themselves, sort of thing right. too. So, yeah, I get that. I get that. I like a good legacy game. They're fun. Uh, all right, so I have a really fun one that's called Dojo Coon. That sounds funny. Tell-, <laughs> tell us all about it. It's it is kind of what it sounds like. It is a you are in charge of a dojo and you are trying to train up a fighter to go to the tournament at the end of the game so what it is is that you have like your main instructor and then you have like your first fighter and you can buy more fighters during the game or you can expand your dojo because you get um two spaces i think to start off in your dojo and you have one fighter automatically. So you can kind of get, like, another fighter in really quickly. But you have to then use an action to open up more of your dojo. But you use your workers to assign different actions. Like, are you going to train your fighter? Are you going to get a new fighter? Are you going to expand your dojo? Are you going to go and get some more money? You know, that sort of thing. So that's where... Mm -hmm each fighter you get is then also another worker for you to use so you kind of want more but you're kind of limited from the get-go on how many you can have um but the end of the game is actually really clever because once you're done doing all the worker placement stuff then comes the final tournament um I'm, (laughs) i'm going about this completely backwards so this is a one to four player game. So you can play this by yourself because there are basically NPC fighters that you can come across. Um, And then it's published by Simon limited um, and Yamaya. And it's designed Uh by Roberto Pestrin. Um, And it's, it's kind of a longer game. It can run um, a little over an hour because there are a lot of little pieces to it it's a dojo fighting game um but the the end tournament the last tournament of the game is kind of a rock paper scissors kind of tournament but you use your best fighter so your best fighter is what will make it to the last tournament and each so you have like a block and then you have a punch and then you have a kick and each one deflects a different thing so you're okay. going around and you're seeing how many points you get to get to the end after you've gone through your blocks, your punches, and your kicks. And whoever basically lands the most hits after that wins the fight. And so that's how nice. that's determined. But it's actually really clever how the worker placement works and like the fighting dojo aspect. And there is like NPCs, there's basically villains in the game so that's how you can make it a one player game which is really fun um
0: <laughs> you there let me fight
1: you <laughs> so it's it's fun put on like a martial arts movie in the background and pull out this game and it's yeah. once once you really Watch get going Jackie with Chan. it yeah it's it's a really fun um a play on like a martial arts kind of game as much as you can get in like a board game aspect but It's really fun. All the different fighters are really fun. The art is very fun. The instructors on your cards are really fun looking. And and then you're fighting NPCs with, um, I can't remember their names offhand, but they have really obvious, like, villain martial arts kind of names. So um, definitely check it out. It's kind of a, a bigger game. I think it's kind of an older game. There are Street Fighter references in the games. Like some of the fighters you can get, you can be like, they look kind of familiar. Like (laughs) they're not, you know, but they they've definitely got that kind of style and that feel. And if you're into Street Fighter or Jackie Chan, I recommend checking it out because it's got it's got a pretty good feel for um, a martial arts as a board game, I think. So have you, have
0: you seen One Punch Man? I've seen
1: a couple episodes of it. Yeah,
0: I kind of feel like the the names would be like like the names from One Punch Man.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're into that sort of thing, check check out yeah. Dojo kun
0: All right, I know you've Let's... got more. <laughs> oh, I got I got plenty. Um, so the next one. I, I'm kind of mixed on, but my husband really loves it, and mm-hmm. it's Champions of Midgard, so it is Vikings themed. Ooh, Vikings! Getting into Vikings. It is two to four players. It's sixty to ninety minutes. It's published by Grey Fox Games, and the designer is Ol Steinus. St- okay. Steinus. All right. What I'm going with. <laughs> Stick so with what it. what I've decided and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so, Champions of Midgard is... Um, basically, you kind of start off like wanting to get like food and workers. It's kind of another one that has dice in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the dice are like people that you're recruiting... Different, like, heroes that you can get. There's, like, spearmen and swordsmen and axemen
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, that you can get. Um, you can buy a Viking ship, which is also really cool. Mm-hmm. And you can take that Viking ship across the seas and test your might against some monsters out on the ocean. Mm-hmm. But to get there, you have to make sure you have enough food for your workers that you're bringing with you, or the the heroes that you're bringing with you, to make Very sure that they're all fed and they don't yeah. starve. Because if yeah. you don't have enough food, they die. throughout. You can't yeah. use them anymore. You don't want that. And then uh, you roll against the monsters, and there's also um, monsters on land that are always there. There's mm-hmm. one that, like, if you don't defeat it that turn, like the villagers get mad at you and (laughs) you get like a token that's like worth negative points at the end of the game. That would be what I would get. (laughs) Yeah. So you, you gotta kind of keep a balance. You gotta make sure you have workers to fight the monsters on land and like the monsters in the sea are worth more points Mm -hmm. than the ones on the land. So you want to go across there and fight them, Mm -hmm. but you also don't want to neglect the, the, the village
1: yeah so you're just kind of juggling different aspects
0: yeah which i think is where i get kind of like eh, because worker placements there's a lot going on generally anyway Mm -hmm. and so like the the juggling aspect of you know you gotta make sure that you know the the village is covered because it if as long as somebody goes there and take takes care of it it doesn't even have to be you as long as somebody takes care of it, you don't really have to worry about it but if like people are placing workers and nobody's placing you on that spot you're like oh man uh, yeah I, I don't want to get that token like <laughs> so you have to, you might have to use one of your workers to go there mm-hmm. I mean and like it is worth points so you you kind of want to go there but sometimes you just don't really feel like it you want to go do other things yeah and you can't because you don't want to get that token so it's a little bit of a balancing act on that one.
1: Yeah, I can see. Because, you know, you're already kind of worried about doing what you want to get done. You don't worry, want to worry about something yeah. that needs to get done.
0: Right. <laughs> and it does have, like, a couple expansions that adds to it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's fun. And it it's, I would recommend it. It's just not necessarily my cup of tea when it comes to worker placements, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, this is, this is my last game. So. All right. This is all I have here. Um, It's Valley of the Vikings. It's uh, another Viking themed game, but it's a little bit more kid friendly (laughs) would be the way I would say. it. It was a children's game of 2019 the Critics Award, so I'll nice. kind of tell you what it is there i mean i I really enjoy playing it a lot. Um, it's published by HABA. it's all capital letters h a b a and it's designed by Marie Fort and willafred Fort all right um, I think it's made in Germany, so it's got I think the rule book it comes with a bunch of different language rule books so that can be kind yeah. of fun um but it it's two to four players it's a pretty quick game it runs under half an hour um what you do is there are four barrels in like the middle of the board and okay. each barrel is a different color so one player is red one player is green one player is blue one player is yellow on your turn You have a little ball, and you are pushing it down the hill with like a little paddle. And you (laughs) you use the little ball, and you try to hit the barrels over. So it's like a bowling game. But how you get points in the game is that you have your little Viking character tokens along a pier, and that's where you get your different um, coins. Um, And you can steal coins from other players, or you can get coins from the pot, and when you get when all the coins from the pot are gone, that's when the game ends. But when, um, when you knock a barrel over of a certain color is when you move their little Viking down the pier. And so you can kind of determine who moves in what order, depending. If you only move, if you only knock down the yellow barrel, you're only moving the yellow Viking.
2: Okay. So
1: um, that's how you move the pieces. But you can decide if you knock down all four barrels, you can decide who, who's moving first sort of thing, which is really... I think that's the worker placement aspect of this game, because I was like, how is this game considered worker placement? But I guess Mm -hmm. it would be you move the little tokens how you want to move them on your turn, sort of thing, because if you don't knock anybody over, you get to go again. You go until you knock a barrel over, so you're always moving somebody. But when somebody falls off the pier, that's when the Coins get distributed based on who's in what position on the pier. But I have such a blast playing this game because you're just hitting the ball, knocking barrels over. It is, it's a lot of fun. It's really, um, it's a good kids game. It's a good dexterity game. It's got a little bit of that worker placement and moving the tokens around sort of thing. Um, but you get little boats to put your coins in. And the coins are like oh. nice plastic coins um so they clink into the boat really nicely because the boats are nice sturdy kind of that plasticky kind of cardboard yeah but it's it's a really cute game and I really really enjoy it and it's a good it, it is a good kids game but I still enjoy it as an adult so it's got hey, a good age it's range it's fun it's fun <laughs> yeah yeah um I mean I like it a little you know, ball with a little paddle knocking stuff over. I mean who doesn't like that? Right. But that's probably one of my favorite games, especially recently. I just I thoroughly enjoy that game. I love showing that game to people and being like, look at this game. You knock stuff over. <laughs> <laughs> Whee.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I did notice that a lot of your games are a little bit of the lighter side of worker placement. Yeah. A little bit. Which is perfectly fine. Like if, if you're not entirely sure worker placement's your thing, I'd probably try out one of Ashley's games. Get a feel for it. Yeah. Well, most of my games are like pretty hardcore. <laughs> pretty well, long. I, yeah. Strategy yeah. heavy.
1: I mean, out of the ones that I did, Dojo kun I would say would probably be the chunkiest. It would probably be one of the harder one of mine to learn. Mm um ex Libris would definitely be a it is very heavy onto the worker placement aspect I would say um and the organization aspect but I mean you know good games all around we and it's really fun that we haven't played most of the games that we each kind of suggest so yeah
0: yeah I I would say that yours are definitely not as traditional Digital worker placement though yeah yeah like not not saying that yours aren't like the good games i'm not saying that i'm just saying like typically i think (laughs) the games on my list when somebody says worker placement yeah these are the kind of games people think of yeah yours are a little bit more out there but i definitely want to try all of them yeah
1: yeah they're definitely they're all fun i want to try some of your Games I tend to pick a little bit lighter ones because mm-hmm. we do like playing games with our family members and they tend to want to play a little bit lighter games. So if we want right. to get a lot of use out of them, we tend to pick up lighter kind of themed ones. Not to say we don't yeah. have heavier games, but our collection tends to waver into the more family-friendly, light kind of territory. <laughs>
0: yeah, I I like... A good strategy game, so mm-hmm. like I don't mind sitting down and playing a game for two hours. Yeah, that's that's a personal preference, not yeah. necessarily something yeah. you have to do. So that,
1: that was kind of fun to see the the time difference on some of the games, and a lot of that is also kind of, I think, a little bit of the setup, or maybe if you're learning it for the first time, because learning a game for the first time tends to go on a lot longer you almost want to double your time and learning a game right. for the first time a little yeah. bit <laughs> uh,
0: i guess the next worker placement i'm going to talk about is another vikings game Ooh, another viking game <laughs> um this one again i've only played the digital version and so it's raiders of the north sea it is two to four players it is sixty to eighty minutes. Again, that probably will decrease some on the digital version mm-hmm. because the game does take care of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's publishers. I found a couple different ones for this one. It's I know it by Renegade Games, mm-hmm. but also Garfield Games publishes it a lot. I've seen,
2: mm-hmm. and then
0: the designer is Shim Phillips. Mm-hmm. So that one it's more of the rough side of vikings i guess because you're going and like raiding and plundering places
1: <clears throat> okay yeah
0: but it's it's one of those games where where we talked about in the definition of worker placements where you get stuff for placing and or like removing pieces so this one you start out with a couple workers and you place it on your turn but then you can, and you get something. But if somebody like places one down, you can pick up their piece,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you would get the action for picking the piece up. Mm-hmm. So in that one, you don't really have your own. Like you start off with your own workers, but you mm-hmm. don't keep those workers. Like you can end up picking up like all of the other p- players' workers because they're you, kind though. of more of a community pool. So that one, it's another one where you're trying to hire workers, but this one's cards. Mm -hmm. You you have a hand of cards and you can um, use the workers to like go raiding or -hmm. you can use them as like, uh, there's also actions on them and you Mm -hmm. can use them as actions instead of using them to go raid. Um, So that one, you're also trying to get supplies to make sure you like, you're, you have enough for all your workers. I think you have to have like food again for your Mm -hmm. vikings to go raid each Mm -hmm. viking has different strength amounts and then uh you go to different there's like docks and then there's like a monastery and it's along the river Mm -hmm. and like the farther up you go it's kind of like a little bit harder but you can get more points and uh when you go there you take the strength of your vikings and you roll a die and you add that to your strength, and then mm-hmm. depending on what number you roll depends on how much, like, stuff you get when mm-hmm. you're there, mm-hmm. or victory points.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's really fun, and uh, it's, like, whoever... I think there's, like, so many around, like, the last little location you can go to, and whenever there's, mm-hmm. like, one left, or none left, is when the game ends, mm-hmm. and again... Victory points. Whoever has the most at the end wins. Yeah. So it's it's pretty interesting. It's a little bit different than some of the other games that I've played. Mm-hmm. But it it's fun.
1: I've I've heard of that one. That one's kind of based on like a series,
0: I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so, they're... another one in, by the same people, uh, Garfield Games and Renegade is called Paladins of the West Kingdom. hmm But that one's more of like a medieval theme. Yeah, it's one to four players. Um, I think it's kind of I I I don't I've never played the paladins one, but I want to say mm-hmm. it's kind of like the same universe because the art style is all the same too.
1: Yeah, it's kind of if if I remember right, they're kind of um, it's a little bit like a story. I think they're mm-hmm. kind of telling because then there's different because like the Raiders are what the north, the Paladins are like the west. If there's somebody yeah. else that's the east and there's somebody else that's the south. And I think they're maybe planning on doing something all together that involves all four of them or something like that. Maybe. Which I've heard, I think would be really cool. Yeah, I've heard really good things about it. I was actually surprised that this one wasn't in the top six on Board Game Geek because I've heard yeah. a lot about this one it's one that people yeah, really really th- like
0: I think Raiders has been out for a while and I've also mm-hmm. seen them like under different names so I don't know if it's like there's a couple different games for the North Sea and there's a couple different games for the West Kingdom and um, but this mm-hmm. one just happens to be the worker placement that I'm familiar with mm-hmm. um but I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> to <laughs> be honest. Going,
1: you were going somewhere.
0: Yeah. But Raiders <laughs> of the North Sea is another game I would recommend in trying out. Um, um, a couple other games that I would like to mention because they are also fun as uh, Stone Age, which is obviously like a prehistoric theme. Mm-hmm. It's two to four players, 60 to 90 minutes. By mm-hmm. Z Man Games.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Kingsburg, which is a medieval theme. It's 2 to 5, 90 minutes. Also by Z Man Games. That one mm-hmm. is actually more of a dice worker placement. Um, so you don't have beeples, it's all dice, dice. But it is still considered a worker placement game.
1: Is that kind of a game where it's a little bit like Yahtzee, where you're rolling for a specific number? <sighs> No, maybe, so
0: yeah. on on the board it's labeled like one through. I want to say maybe f- fifth. No, it's one through. It's one to eighteen,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and each number represents like a person that can do something. Mm-hmm. So let's say you roll three dice and you get, uh, one, two, three. Mm-hmm. So you can place somebody on a one, the two, and the three. You can do mm-hmm. three twice. Because your one and two can get combined for a three. And then you I use gotcha. your three on three. Maybe. I don't know if you can do doubles. Okay. But anyway, or you can combine, like, all of your dice and put them on the six. Okay. So okay. It, it's I kind see. of up to you on how you want to, like, right. divide your dice. I kind of get it now.
1: Yeah. Bit. I understand it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, Another game is Sailing Towards Osiris. It's mm-hmm. an ancient Egypt-based game. Mm-hmm. it's really pretty it's by daily magic games uh two to five players 60 to 90 minutes Mm -hmm. um so daily magic games like i said in the first episode um they did the Valeria card kingdoms so it's not the same universe but the artwork is beautiful (laughs) Um, i love good art next next game uh, The Voyages of Marker... Markerperder! <laughs> <laughs> the, voy- the Voyages of Marco Polo. It's a Middle East medieval kind of game. Mm-hmm. 2 to 4, 40 to 100 minutes. That's another one where it's more dice for your workers than mm-hmm. anything. Um, again, it... The, like the number that you roll depends on where you can go. hmm Um... And I think that's it. That's all my worker placement all games. All your worker
1: placement games.
0: So many worker placement games. I like
1: I like a good worker placement game. I mean, it, yep. it lets you know what you can do, how many times you can do it, stop other people from doing it.
0: There's always a lot going on. There, you. I would have to say most games there's usually at least five things you can do. At least, they are definitely strategy heavy. They are mm-hmm. icon-heavy, mm-hmm. uh, but if that's your thing, I would definitely say try out a worker placement if you have not, because they are a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, they are. They are a ton of fun. We um, we were trying out X-Levers with my sister-in-law, and she had never played a worker placement game before, and I was like, I, I've been wanting to try this one out. I've had it for a while, and I haven't had a chance to try it yet, and I'm like, I know it's a worker placement. I want to try it. <laughs> and Jill's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll try it." And she really, really enjoyed it, but she's also really into strategizing while she plays. Yeah. Um, it's really good for that.
0: Yeah. Fun fact. First time I played worker placement, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> but this was also when we were like first getting into board games. No. And I wasn't yeah. like super picking up what the game was putting down
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and uh rajas of the ganges i think was one of the first ones we actually played and we played it and i i just i didn't like it yeah i think we played it again and mm-hmm. I, I i kept i was like determined to absolutely 100 <laughs> percent hate worker placement games yeah i wanted to say they were stupid yeah, but the more I thought about it, and like after like a couple days of thinking about it, I'm mm-hmm. like, man, that was yeah. I liked that game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm like, hey, Mike, we mm-hmm. should totally <laughs> try that one game again because I I totally didn't like it, but I want to play it again.
1: Keep wanting to try it, and I kind of recommend if you didn't like a game the first time you played it, maybe give it another chance.
0: Maybe, yeah, because sometimes it's just, like, maybe a misunderstanding of the rules.
1: Mm-hmm. Or maybe you so... were just in a bad mood that day, and the game put yeah. a sour taste in your mouth.
0: But, you know, I played it again, and I understood it a little bit better, and now mm-hmm. one- worker placements is probably one of my favorite mm-hmm. genres. It's yeah. just a good time.
1: It's always a good time playing a worker placement game.
0: And, like, the thing with board games is... If you're picking up a game and you're just not fully understanding it, find a game that's similar to it. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, like, even though the general game itself is different, Mm -hmm. the main mechanic might be similar. Mm -hmm. So maybe you'll pick up a different game a little bit easier, and then you can go back and play that other game you didn't understand. Because the mechanic, you've played Mm -hmm. it, you understand it, now this game's going to make more sense.
1: Yeah, because you, uh, I'm all for, like, jumping in, you know, to the deep end right away, but maybe sometimes you need a little floaty to yeah. kind of get you, you need pull your legs a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before we really kind of end it, I, I wanted to give a shout out to some of our beta listeners. They They listen to... Our very first episode gave us some tips and pointers about some editing stuff and some stuff that we could change and move around.
0: So, so. if this one isn't any better, we didn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that, that, too. So, you can uh, thank these people for trying to help us and then hate us we'll for not there. listening to them.
0: <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get slowly there slowly but surely.
1: Um, They are Maisie F, Sydney B, Caitlin and Carl W, Seth H, Scott S, Drew P, and Jordan B. Really appreciate them listening to us right from the get-go, letting us know, you know, if it was pretty decent or not. Thanks, guys. They gave us a lot of good feedback. We appreciated it. Yeah, we did show ricky
0: yes you, ashley
1: what did you learn today
0: i learned i need to play more worker placement games
1: <laughs> i'm glad that's what you got out of this uh today i learned that worker placement has a large variety so many different yeah. kinds
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
1: try them all try all the work replacements all of
0: them except for the top six screw those guys
1: (laughs) try all of them well thanks for tuning in for episode two this is rare aka ricky and ashley's rolling entertainment
0: catch you next time bye